welcome back to The Backbeat. We are here with Sydney, I believe, based uh, sort of indie soul, etc. sort of artist Odette, who's recently released her little bop, Dwell. Um, how are you? Hello. I am very good. Hello. How are Hello. you? <laughs> We're pretty We're good. We're great. Well, we've just come out of lockdown, so that's very exciting for us. We're both based in Victoria, so... That is exciting. We're having a grand time. Like 25 kilometres now? Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Melbourne. I'm in Bendigo. I'm like regional Victoria, so I'm safe. I'm good. <laughs> You're chilling. Yeah. The city is crazy. I mean, my team is in um, like kind of the suburbs of Melbourne, so I've just been like, finally! Yeah. Yeah. It has the been beers. <laughs> Get on the beers. <laughs> All right, so you've recently released your new single, Dwell, uh, accompanied by a fantastic music video. Um, so what was your inspiration behind this song? Um, I wrote it when I was in a little bit of a weird spot. I was not quite well, but I suppose it kind of evolved. So I wrote it when I was in this very sort of odd place. I'd just come out of a really crappy situation and my head was very jumbled up. So I had to kind of write this to figure out what was going on. It was like I needed to kind of draw out the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but then kind of as it evolved and as I continued to work on it, I mean, my headspace changed. So it started as this kind of like, I'm so sad. And then it grew into this like, wait a second, maybe I could be more self-reflective and like be a bit more, you know, helpful mm-hmm. and less <laughs> doom and gloom. Um, so eventually the song just kind of evolved into this weird statement of hi i'm really unwell but i would like to be well um Mm -hmm. yeah i guess that's kind of the main message in the song yeah so which is yeah (laughs) which is honestly like a very relatable sentiment i think right now especially for obviously what everyone's been going through recently with the pandemic so it's very relatable themes in this song well, I also feel like everyone's just been hit with like the worst versions of themselves as well in this time. So it's like, I think a lot of, this is a really good time for self-reflecting and kind of addressing the parts of you that you don't really necessarily need or don't need to hate. Like, I don't know, just mm-hmm. addressing things that need to be addressed is really just the motto at this stage for me. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned like with that whole like growing, uh, like writing and changes as you write sort of process, we were looking at a few previous interviews, you know, doing our research and there was something about how uh, the the writing process and the songs that you write actually help you by the end of it understand your own feelings and what you've actually written about by the end of it. So is that the same here? Yeah, I would say definitely. It, it That's kind of always what writing has been for me. Like a, It's like, Jesus, I feel so attacked sometimes. Like when, I was, <laughs> well, when we finally finished Dwell, I was like, Georgia, like, oh, come on. Are you okay? <laughs> oh, are you all right? Like, oh, um, yeah, it's always been that. And I think because I'm kind of not as – I think the message that I come through with with my music is kind of that I have an emotional sort of mind and that's not necessarily the real life case. So this is really the only space for me that I can process emotions is music and writing and and that and also it's usually just like a puzzle that my brain makes that I have to sort of like figure out afterwards. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You're like, who am I? <laughs> I anymore. <laughs> just, I have no idea. 
it's a journey. I am. Um, one second, my dog just literally ran into my door. So, <laughs> I'll just be one second. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> That's amazing. Potato. <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, you can come say hi. Yeah. <laughs> He's currently sitting on my bed. Oh, he's hello. huge. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's cute, but he's really stupid. Yeah, they usually are. That's the best kind of dog. I know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, my door is, like, painted white, too, so it's, like, quiet. It's there. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you running into this bed? <laughs> Damn it, Kenneth. <laughs> So is his name Kenneth? Yeah, it is. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I really love the imagery that was used in the music video with, like, the cutout pictures and, like, the eyes and the mouths, like, covering your face. Um, could you maybe tell us a bit about the concept behind that, like, behind the video? I mean, like, originally I had this idea that we would – kind of collage a lot of pieces of my face together. And I thought that was going to be kind of in post, but then like, I think it was Pete or one or Cutie or one of the team had this idea to uh, put it up in front of me and then film it. And I thought that was really cool because it kind of has this like live performance element to it too. So mm. like, um, yeah, we just kind of wanted to really relay that sense of, depersonalizing I suppose but also in a curious way I didn't want it to be like oh no like <laughs> it does get a little like that towards the end but you know yeah it's almost like a little bit of like um like your different masks I guess like how you change your personality and like change yeah. back and yeah and I think I, that's like quite a common thing like everyone has these moments where you go out and you maybe you've had like the worst day but you know like if you just stay in you're gonna just stay in and ruminate so you go yeah. out and you kind of it becomes almost like quite performative when you've got something else going on and that really inspired kind of the collages is that that sense of performativity and then kind of losing yourself in that and not knowing where did I begin? Where did I start? I don't know. <laughs> um. I've heard you use this this word ruminate or a few times already in this interview. Is that one of one of Me? your fave words? I guess now <laughs> it is. What does it mean? I don't know. No. <laughs> Where? <laughs> I don't know. I just like it. Um, I think they're neat. Kind of, it's like when you're stuck on something and and you're unhealthily marinating. I don't think you can ruminate healthily. Yeah. And that's just I, I always just say marinating, but this is so much more like ethereal. I, so. I don't know. The marinating is pretty that's pretty good. I makes you like a chicken. Stewing away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. stewing. <laughs> Fermenting? Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> I got some kombucha like <laughs> Sorry, I can't hang out today. I'm fermenting. Fermenting. <laughs> You also, um, you also in that in that explanation mentioned depersonalization specifically, oh, um, yeah. which is actually quite often like it's become a more known about sort of mental health issue when you when you really you know delve into it seriously. Um, and you mentioned in a previous interview, I think it was with Sydney Herald or something like that, um, that 
growing up you dealt with bullies through high school and things like that and and that songwriting was the, the the main outlet for you and you know developing your feelings and figuring out yourself and all that kind of thing um but there was a quote where you said you can't just sing a song and all your problems go away and that kind of caught my attention because that's obviously true but <laughs> um but we talk about mental health a decent bit on here like almost every episode so in mentioning things like depersonalization and stuff like that what has your experience with that been like so good (laughs) (laughs) my best time (laughs) um honestly depersonalization is funny because it's one of those things that i feel like don't really realize is happening until you're like fully there yeah. Or even if you're kind of present for the descent, it's just kind of like, what is happening? So <laughs> I think a lot of the time I haven't really been aware of it until I've come out of it. And then that's kind of when I write about it. So that's sort of like the main coping mechanism, I suppose. But um, when you said, what did I say? What did I say that I said? You can't sing a song and all your problems go away. God, yeah. I'm yeah. Um, but it's I, I think it's true I think it's so true. true can you stop scratching please <laughs> oh. I love this boy <laughs> he's just he's a teddy bear oh, he sits oh. like an old like he sits like anyway hi I know he's on the play but like that's not <laughs> Oh, sorry, what guys. Sorry. You're good. You're yeah, good. So okay. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Mental illness. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what if I brought turmeric on screen? What would you do? <laughs> oh, no. But I'm just going to hold on. Amazing. All right. So mental illness is terrible. And He's so big. Personalization is terrible. But the one thing that I want to really drive home is that mental health there are so many resources out there and there's so many options out there and I think we're at this pivotal time where education is becoming a lot more accessible and a lot more talked about um so I suppose with dwell I wanted it to be like yes emotions are all consuming like yes depression is the worst it sucks it's 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 the worst like really terrible yeah but we have an opportunity to grow and learn and not give up on ourselves. And I think that, I don't know, a lot of the the music that I grew up listening to, I feel like almost really peddled this image. I won't, I won't, you know, say too much about it, but like really peddled that image, you know, like that mid two thousands, like I'm so sad and it's so (laughs) sexy. Mm -hmm. I think, sorry, one second. As I got older, I realized that I was kind of becoming obsessed with my own sadness and obsessed with my own pain and beautifying my pain and being like, I'm a right? And <laughs> it just became so unhealthy. And I think a lot of young girls grow up with that exact influence. I mean, we all grew up watching Skins and, and shows like that. So I I think when I wrote Dwell, it was, it was kind of like a just can can you shut up like can we start having like good conversations about it instead of diving into these weird narratives that actually end up hurting us more than helping us I don't know I'm I have a lot to say about this as you can probably tell that's okay that's what we want (laughs) no I think I think like 
our society, I think we're definitely moving away from that like whole glamorizing mental illness and that like, oh my God, I'm sadder than you kind of thing. Mm. Um, yes. It's, it's becoming like real conversations. It's crazy. And I've been there. That's the thing. Like, even though I say all this, the reason I'm so frustrated is because I was her for so long. Literally my first record, there are some songs on that that I listen to where I'm like, I really just don't align with that way of thinking. Obviously I was like 17, 16 yeah. myself, so I'm not hating on me. I was learning, but as I got older, I just, it, it, I realized that music has to be about honesty and aligning yourself with your values because if we don't talk about what we care about, we're gonna literally just fuck everyone over. Sorry, excuse my language. <laughs> oh, you're fine. <laughs> Go ahead. Seriously. People don't think about what they're sending out into the world in a way where it's like, hey, you're actually shaping people. Yeah. They listen yeah. to it all the time. Like, if I am obsessed with a song, I'll listen to it all day, every day. And if that song is saying, I'm so emotional, of course you're going to want to listen to it because people are generally quite emotional. But if that song is also, I'm so emotional and here's how sexy it is, it's not only alluring, but then it drives home that like, but make sure that your emotions are all performative. Make sure, mm. make sure they're pretty. Make sure they're 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 gonna Aesthetic. get the likes and they're gonna get the boyfriend girlfriend. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, like it, it's anyway. No, absolutely. Do you well, do you actually have any songs that like you you wrote maybe when you were a teenager that you actually don't really like performing or like I don't know being associated with anymore? Like for those reasons? Yes, one song for my first record. I don't really reject my old works because I really think it's important for me to just not be like, well, it's so easy for people to look back at like an old picture of them and go, oh my God, that's That's cringe. Yeah, but if I do that, I'm kind of ignoring a whole part of my life. So I have to kind of be careful here with like how I approach it. But I think one song of mine, Onyx, which a lot of people actually really like, it's not because I don't like the song. I actually really like the song. It's just that in the lyrics, I can hear how like crazy I was <laughs> in the in a good way. I just I really was just like very I don't know psychotic. Like I, I have like powers, and I was like I'm interdimensional. Um, and it just got to a point where I wrote this song and then I would perform it and I think I was 16 and I was just like, this is called a third eye. No offense, people who are spiritual believe in that stuff, but this is yeah. like as a 16 year old who knew nothing about yeah. it. Like I wasn't real. Anyway. <laughs> so that it's kind of cool though. It's, it's like a, a musical photo album, you know, you can kind of like look yeah. back and see 17 year old. Georgia. I had like imagine because I wasn't allowed to cut bangs, so I had to do like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then the all had fake to do side sweep. I, like, I just love amethyst crystal. <laughs> hey, now that's my birthstone, so don't rag on it. Well, then you have a thing to it. Who am I? My birthstone's peridot. Nowhere near. <laughs> I'm fake pseudo spiritual. <laughs> what month is that? August. August. Are you a Leo? I'm a Virgo, unfortunately. That seems a lot more suiting, actually, than Leo. (laughs) No, if I pan down to my floor, Jesus. (laughs) I'm not going to, so don't ask me. (laughs) Yeah. 
like Virgo is supposed to be neat and tidy and organized, and it's like, okay, cool. That's uh, fine. Uh. <laughs> you can believe whatever you want. <laughs> I'm crying here. <laughs> um, okay, well. Sorry. <laughs> I have to think how to swing back into the question I have. Um, <laughs> um, we're talking about like the, uh, you know, going back to how you sort of influence the people who listen to your music and things like that. As an artist, I think it's been brought up maybe once before on the show. I can't quite remember who it was, who I was talking to, but um, the idea of as the artist you are responsible for your influence on your fan base and your listeners yeah that's super important if you i'm so sorry one second (laughs) i think it's super important because i mean I don't know. Everyone kind of has a message, right? I mean, you listen to every artist and they have their own like morals. And I think it's really good when you can see that somebody is putting music out there because they really believe in what they're talking about. And I really believe in being transparent and being honest and having effective communication. And most of my music is aimed towards people who have experienced severe mental health issues mm-hmm. and or who have grown up with people who have experienced severe mental health uh, issues. And I want to kind of start a narrative among us, not a narrative, conversation. Um, oh God, I've forgotten what I was talking about. Oh, this is <laughs> so right. I was like... Where am yes. I? <laughs> oh, this happened. Sorry. Oh, be right back. Sounds like me. Uh, Cue the elevator music. I know. Whenever I start talking about mental health, my brain is just like, why don't we leave? Not. <laughs> like, cool, 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 cool. Um, I have a point. <laughs> my point is, I just want people to be more honest with themselves because I think everyone is lying to themselves more than they think. And I think that it's hurting them more than they realize. And it's scary for the future. It's scary for future generations. We shouldn't be raising people to be so performative. We shouldn't be raising our children (laughs) think of the children performativity is toxic and yeah i think i've been performative and i've been publicly performative and i think i'd like to be an example for people um don't lie to yourself Mm -hmm. (laughs) get help see a therapist take your medication (laughs) like do the things that you're supposed to be doing because otherwise things happen bad things do happen I don't know. Anyway. Have, have you ever had, um, like, many fans actually reach out to you and, like, open up about, like, their own men- mental illness or, or, or anything like that or be like, oh, my gosh, you've, like, changed my life, like, uh, this song really spoke to me? Yeah, people are quite – my fans are really, really nice and respectful. Like, I obviously am very – like, I share a lot online. Um, well, not really. I don't use internet that much. I use Instagram a bit more now. I'm getting better. But through my music, I, I'm really, really open. So people do find that, that it's like easy to kind of message me. But I'm also really hesitant because it's like I don't want people to feel like they know me through my work. I don't know. It's hard because like I think this is kind of something that everyone who's 
got either depression or anxiety or has been through a trauma feels is you want to connect but you're also bloody terrified of connection so you've got this kind of juxtaposition so I only get a few messages because I know that the community that I'm reaching are usually people who are very scared so they won't reach out and that's totally fine because people you know take in stuff in their own way but I get some messages sometimes saying I don't want to go on but thanks you know like or or I don't like, I don't really know how to talk about this, but you've changed things for me. Mm. And that's like really simple. Like they don't, you know, send me huge messages, but some people do. And it's, it's, it's beautiful and wonderful. And I'll reply. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's always a bit confronting, isn't it? Because, you know, at one, one point it's like, this is so lovely that they've connected. But then on the other point, I'm like, you've got to go through something really bad. You yeah. Know? to be able to, to just sit identify down and, and identify with, with something that I've written. Um, yeah. And that makes me sad because, you know, people deserve the best and I love people. Yeah. <laughs> you are so cute. I, <laughs> I love people. I love people. <laughs> like, don't talk to me, but also I, t- I die. <laughs> <laughs> Again, with is funny because you mentioned that um, the whole using social media and sharing online and things like that, mm-hmm. um, and then also going back to the the mention of the depersonalization thing. There's this artist that I followed for years, and her name is Dodie, and she's from London, I think, and Ooh. she started on YouTube she shared a lot with her fan base through that and then she became a proper musician she's about to tour next year like the world she's become That's huge so she's doing cool. so well Dodie. but she yeah Dodie Clark but like she Dyer, but the other way around kind of yeah D-O-D-I-E I think it is yeah okay. um That's cute. but she struggles really badly with like really, really badly with depersonalization and, and that yeah. side of things. Um, and it's really messed with her. And she also struggled with sharing online because she would often, because she has such a fan base and, again, she she writes music that is quite personal and a lot of mental health-related stuff and everything like that, her followers would go, okay, so you're now the person I rely on for that outlet. And yeah, so wow. she would overshare her own personal issues with her fan base and then it would come to bite her in the butt like two yeah. months later. She's had to struggle with kind of finding the balance of what to share and what not to and when to. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of really important when it comes to feeling the obligation to share with your fan base and your, you know, your online uh, base. Um, so, like, do you find that that's the case? Do you, find, do you feel any obligation to share certain things? Never. I mean, no? I'm selfish, really. Like, I don't good. Really think about, well, it, you know, that sounds bad, but I am quite selfish when it comes to that. But purely because I am guarded, I'm so guarded. And I won't share purely like because my way of sharing is by writing music. And I used to write posts and post them on Instagram. I used to overshare. And then that kind of. I don't know. I don't know why that changed. It just, it just did. I felt, I started feeling like, you know what? I actually can't do this. I feel like it's not helpful. I feel like it's actually spreading more negativity. I don't want to post about my personal struggles because then it becomes, it becomes performative again. Even if if you don't want it to be, even if you just write like a message and it's like, hi, I've had a really rough week. Here's information. Have a good day, blah, blah, blah. It still becomes a part of, that 
online yeah. world. I don't know. It just it doesn't sit right with me to be sharing the deep, intimate details of my personal traumas or mental health issues day to day unless I know it's going to help someone. You know, if I, if I found a new technique or if I, I'm trying a new medication that's been really good, like I'll share that, but I won't go into triggers or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just feel like also when you are dealing with people who have mental health issues, it's not always like, obviously there's a stigma, which is bullshit, but the reality is, is that there are dangers out there. There are people who are paranoid. There are people who are psychotic. There are people who are very extremely codependent. And it's important for me that, A, I don't take any of that in as an influence because I'm very impressionable. I don't want to end up like a crazy stalker, 80. But um, well, we're heading there anyway. Anyway, <laughs> I also... Just want to, that sounded really rude. I'm sorry. But um, I, I do know though, like it's not all like, you know, peas and gravy. It's, there are people on the internet who, who look at people and put them on a pedestal and, yeah. and really idolize them because they might have very, very low self-worth. And I don't want people to do that because they should be able to feel that within themselves. And if there's something that I can do that could help in that way, then I'll do that. But I'm not going to feel that as well I'm not Mm going to say hi this is my story about my own mental health journey because I feel like that's just another weird promo thing that Mm -hmm. it's not real I don't know if that makes sense but well do you do you feel that way because you have such a following like if you weren't a a public figure as such do you think that your opinion there might be different because you aren't sharing with people because you're famous sort of thing yeah no I think I'm just paranoid and frightened. <laughs> like I don't think it runs as like deep as me worrying that I'm gonna have a stalker because I'm famous. I think that's who would be bothered. I don't know. Maybe some. Maybe someone would stalk me. <laughs> no, I'm going to rap. I'm gonna get stalked. No. Um, um, I forgot the question. <laughs> no, I'm concerned. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think I just, yeah, I think I don't want people to, to think that I'm better than I am because I talk openly about my issues. I'm still no. learning. I'm still incredibly imperfect. I have so many things I'm working on right now. And I just don't want people to feel like I'm trying to stroke my ego by talking about my issues mm-hmm. on public mm-hmm. media. Um, yeah. And also I just think that it's not a safe place to talk about that. A safe place to talk about that is in a therapist room. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. with a licensed professional who can help you regulate your moods and reactions. And, you know, it's unless you're very confident in your interpersonal communication skills, I don't think you should be opening up on the internet about anything. Mm-hmm. It's just not safe. That's yeah, fair. 100%. Yeah. All right. We'll move away from this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously you're based in Sydney. So things with the pandemic have obviously been a bit different to like here in Victoria and other parts of Australia. But um, what has your COVID experience been like? Like how has it affected you? Obviously like not doing gigs and like other other various stuff. Like what kind of things have you missed out on or missed? I... Honestly, this whole pandemic has just sucked the life out of everyone in the industry because we haven't been able to do what we love to do, which is connect Mm -hmm. and 
stand in front of an app that blows your eardrums out. Like it's just it's it's just not the same, you know. Yeah. And I think, you know, I feel the way a lot of people are feeling, which is just bored, unstimulated, mm-hmm. tired. Yeah, it's, it hasn't been great. But at the same time, I'm still lucky enough to have a piano at home and, you know, have my computer. I can still produce. I can still talk to producers around, I guess, the world now. And Damien, he's based in LA, so we've been like bounced stuff back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a producer who worked on both my records. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. It's been it's been terrible. Shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But new shows coming, which I am... Yeah. Yes. Very so exciting. Well, thank. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, the so obviously, like here in Victoria right now, they're just starting to bring back live music, but they're probably going to have a thing where like you've got to be seated or like there's going to be like social distancing. Is there like a similar thing in Sydney right now as well? Like, are people allowed to dance in the crowds yet or anything? No, or, no dancing. It's become no loose. It's loose. Yeah. <laughs> You can't dance in this town, buddy. Where's our Kevin Bacon? <laughs> He's going to save the day. What's her name? The Premier? Gladys? She'd Gladys. be happy right now. She'd be so happy right now. Oh, what a babe. Gladys <laughs> <laughs> the babe? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's boing. Um, I don't know if you follow Batuta Advocate. Oh, like, oh, their posts about her have just been, like, making my day. <laughs> oh, my God. They never fail to make me laugh. No. I wish they had like a real kind of like mail to your door kind of. I would love a, a physical publication of them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Have you picked up any um like fun new hobbies in COVID? Like done any bread making or knitting? Gardening. Yeah. Gardening. I'm Beautiful. obsessed gardening. Like I cannot stop. I've got a <laughs> cucumber that is unfurling as we speak. It's like that. <gasps> That is like, veggies are so exciting when they're going. It's so exciting. Like little pickles that are like that big. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. We ripped out a, a big beetroot the other day. <gasps> was uh, it the most satisfying thing ever? No, it was so disappointing. Oh. <laughs> it was like because my like crunch. Yeah, stuff? yeah, but like my I think my mum was expecting it. To, well, my brother was expecting it to be a lot bigger than it actually was. Um, <laughs> It's probably about the size of my fist, maybe. That's, That's it's decent, but like he, I think he was expecting like I don't know, like a soccer ball or something. Fish <laughs> ball. Yeah. The biggest beetroot I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I also, I also found this really weird thing that we both kind of freaked out about yeah. just beforehand. Um, your parents met on the set of the film Titanic. They did. <laughs> That's nuts. How? Not many people could say that. No. That's pretty cool. Uh, they did. They did. Dude. <laughs> He's excited too. <coughs> oh, belly rubs. <laughs> um, they did actually. They were in it. <laughs> He's a featured um, guest at this point. Come cuddle. He has a lot to say. He has a lot of. Oh, look at him. oh my god. <laughs> we need a direct quote from Kenneth. Yeah. <laughs> All right, come on. Oh, baby. Is yeah, that a like Polaris? A baby Trixie. Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
He's she looks so, so mopey. Oh, they are. I used to live with a massive bull Arab and she would wake me up by lying along the entire length of my body. Like she would crush me. That's what Kenneth does when it storms. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, no, they did. They met working on Titanic in Mexico and my dad was a scenic artist and my mum was the assistant to James Cameron's assistant. And it was apparently very nightmarish because, you know. Oh, I just found a spider. Oh, no. <laughs> Chaotic. <laughs> okay. We're good. <laughs> it's in my bag. <laughs> well, good job. Did you oh, get that? That is so cool. Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> um, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> okay. Um, I just wanted to say, um, I, I think I would have seen one of your last shows before Where? COVID and everything um, at Party okay. in the Paddock in Tasmania. Oh, yeah, in the Tasmania. Yeah, cool. That was her. just the funnest set ever. And when you... Did not one, but two shoeies. Oh, you're a bloody Tasmanian. Yeah. <laughs> she regrets her Why decision. Why do that? I literally Why? to be a pressure. It was disgusting. Yeah. It was disgusting. And I did two. Yeah. Because some drunk 20-year-old with a terrible moustache told me to. That's <laughs> usually how that is. I probably know him. Yep. <laughs> You know what I mean? I just have no, I have no morals anymore. I just, I don't know. <laughs> no, it was actually, it was a weird show because we were playing, um, we played a cover of, I'm so sorry about him, guys. He's That's a okay. Bit, he's just, he's just a bit excited because usually when I talk to people, he gets to hug them and yeah. this, he, he just thinks I'm talking to myself. So he's like, what are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, girl, there's no one here. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was a, it was a really fun show though. I had a really good time. Was that your first time in Tassie? You've no, I love I've been to Tassie so many times. Like, family uh, Yeah, I um, used to go to Snug. Do you know where that is? It's like yeah, Thailand town. Little Conway, yeah. I I love that area. It's so beautiful, and we got up to a lot of shenanigans. I went to Tassie instead of Queensland for schoolies in high school. I love that. Wait, where, I didn't where did go. you go? My friends and I just wanted to go hiking. We went Aww. and stayed in the pool of Hobart, which was really nice because we've never stayed in like the city before. We were just like, we had this cottage near bakery, and it was just bloody nice, wasn't it? it was just, <laughs> I miss Tassie so much. (laughs) Me too. I want to go stand in a lake and just be like, what's up? (laughs) 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 All right, beautiful. So, so you've announced your next album, Herald, for release early next year, and we're all very, very excited for that. Give me one second. Just hold that thought. I'm going to title the episode Odette and Kenneth as our guests instead of just Odette. He's absolutely been a featured guest. Absolutely. Whether we liked it or not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bless. He just looked like Trixie and I was like, I miss that girl. Yeah. I miss that doggo. Yeah. (laughs) He's just like 
muscle. It's yeah. just like, okay. They are. They are so, so lean. Basic. Yeah. When he gets does mad he, at me, I'm just like. Does he like whip you with his tail? He, he, he has any feeling in his tail. No. Like, he'll just stand there. It'll be like. Yeah. Um, Trixie. Trixie developed like a knob in her tail because she slipped a disc or something. However, their tails are made up. Something popped out of place and she basically fractured her tail and there's this big knob on it from hitting things repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised if Kenneth does that in his life. Yeah. Is it expensive to fix? Let me know now. Start saving. I don't think Is they it, did. Just, I think she just left it, didn't yeah. she? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fine. I know so many like friends who have dogs of that breed. Like they like whip their tails and they like whip it up against like the fireplace and just yeah. like singe their tail hairs off yeah. and they they don't even care. They're like, yeah, I'm, at least I'm warm. Like, there's a bug in the road. My cats like sit I'm in warm. the fire and they wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Kenneth literally ran into a door and you've got yeah. this tape yeah. on this person. Yeah, we just heard the thump. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, there he is. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so you've got your next album, Herald, out for release early next year. Very, very exciting. Oh, um, but in between now and then, have you got anything else happening? I do. Oh. Another song that might be on the horizon. And when I say might be, literally, there's another song coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm really excited for. So, um, yeah, I'm going to get some cool stuff around that. There'll probably be some cool visuals. We'll see. But I'm just really excited for the next couple of months. There's lots and lots of, like, little things that we've been working on, so. Mm-hmm. And you've got some shows coming up as well. Next month? Oh, I'm very – I'm just ready. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Rear and to go. So excited for you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Cannot wait until you can come back to Melbourne and mm. perform as well. And, you know, my label, my management label, my new one who I assigned with this year, um, they – literally are based in Melbourne so I've never met them <laughs> like have not met them one time I mean so we know each other very well but it's who is it uh Josh and Larissa they're from Hutch Hutch so okay like the Deary and ah uh, yep mm-hmm. yeah lovely oh so excited it's gonna be so much fun all right well we might wrap it up then and <laughs> We would love to finish off with you letting us know what your top three Aussie artists are at the moment. All right, first would be Gang of Youths, hands down. <laughs> Gabby's happy about that. <laughs> Love a bit of Dave. Yeah. Second would be Angie McMahon because holy crap. When yep. she yep. I die. <laughs> oh, I don't want to leave anyone out. Number three, I'm going to say Jamango Dreaming. They're like this really cool psychedelic band from Sydney. Mm. Oh, cool. I've never heard of them before. So good. I saw them for a show a couple of weeks ago. My friend was like, come on, mom. And I was like, all right, cool. First show I've seen and I can't even remember. So, yeah. yeah. Very band. I'd, I'd recommend. And they on, like, platforms? They're on Spotify and stuff? or Yeah, Jamango. So it's J-E-R-M-A-N-G-O, I do believe. I don't know. Okay. I'm going to have to listen back to that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, awesome. We'll totally check them out. Sweet. Awesome. Sick. Did you have any final words? Thanks for having me. I (laughs) enjoyed the chats. We really covered a lot. We talked about life and death. Yeah. And my good stuff. 
all the like dark stuff. Um, but yeah, no, thank you for having me. We're a bit different here. A bit different here at the back bit. <laughs> Pick me. We're not like other girls. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I'm so glad you got that. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah! All right, thank you so much for coming on and chatting to us. We've absolutely loved it. Yeah, me too. Have a great evening. Thank you, you too. We cannot wait to see you back doing your thing yeah. up on the stage. Yeah. You have to do exactly that. Bye, guys. See ya. Bye. Well